3: You can he shove your granny off a bus, everybody. Welcome to the football ramble! England under 21's won the cup, and David De Gea's on the move. It's Monday, 10th of July. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. E- Easy, 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 easy. That's E-Z- enough. Only,
4: only 20, under twenty ones. So you can't do a full one.
3: It's a gold medal.
4: It's, it is a gold medal, but it's an age group medal, so you can't do the full easy. Is all I'm saying.
3: All right. Do they use a different gold for that? <laughs> 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 oh, That's a good question. England under twenty ones. Bloody did it. Won the Euros under twenty ones. We are the we are the envy of the age group football world. You we know, really we, are. I think we are. Yeah. It's been quite the weekend for sport. In His Majesty's Kingdom. Oh, here we go. Uh, mixed bag, of course, we should say, because all the British hopes are, you are, out talk of, about tennis? are out of Wimbledon. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. To wipe that tear away. <laughs> the Ashes, England are back. Yes, they are big time. They, they are, are back big time, big baby. Big time, big <laughs> yeah. time. And, of course, the England, England and Wales are back, I should say, for the cricket. Uh, and England under-21s, uh, they've bloody done it. The first time since 1984... Um, and uh, yeah the first team ever to do it without conceding a single goal Jim Campbell that's impressive
1: it's incredibly impressive isn't it I like that they've they've been like trumpeting that themselves a lot
3: like
2: yeah we
1: are wicked we are so good
4: I mean Uh it tells a story it tells a story if you're not going to concede a single goal on a tournament it's pretty impressive and the way it
3: climaxed with that as well yeah with uh, young Trafford of course yeah Um, right at the death And he said to his teammates, apparently, he fancied he was going to save a penalty. And there's some some footage that's doing the rounds on social media. There's a lot of lovely footage of the England 21s on social media. And I think it's, is it Carl Palmer? who's maybe subbed off at that point and said he's going to save it just before it's taken. I haven't seen that
4: particular video. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. great.
3: But it wasn't the only save he needed to make in that passage of play. There was a rebound and then uh, and and then there was a blaze over the bar. There was. Yeah. Spain had three bites at the tortilla and they couldn't do it, Jim. Yeah, no, that's, they still
1: finished with a blaze. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunate for them. Could you imagine... How much people would kick off yeah. if uh, England had been on like the reverse of this sort of result, and afterwards the goalkeeper was like, "Yeah, I knew I was going to save it." Yeah, <laughs> That's the just easy. I was talking about I was talking about it earlier today. It's easy. It'd easy.
4: be on the front page of it the Sun. Be, today. His
3: address would be on the <laughs> front page. Yeah, yeah, we'd have him when he goes up to the senior yeah. side.
4: <laughs> it would, it would, it would further engender a passage through Parliament of an even harder Brexit. <laughs> This morning. This morning.
3: Yeah, we're not having a trade deal with Spain because of him. No, exactly. Uh, So, yeah. But it's was it been a very impressive tournament from the England under-21s. It really, really has. Obviously not conceding a goal. We covered
4: it quite comprehensively
3: all throughout, haven't we? We were waiting. We kept our powder dry. (laughs) We didn't want to jinx them. No, we didn't. And we were confident. We were very confident. But the fact that they haven't conceded a goal is obviously very, very impressive. But the football that they've played as well... They look like a, well, a foreign side, quite they frankly, do. which is actually one of the biggest compliments you could often pay England sides. No, they,
4: they, look like a good, they look like a good team for a team who are essentially, um, you know, a bunch of players that don't get to work together that often. That's yeah. the same
3: for everybody at international
4: level. It is, but I think it's accentuated at age group level. Mm. I think it's, you know, it's even less of a priority at age group level. right? But the nature of it, international football, as you say, is is like that. But they've said, haven't they, I mean, there was, there's been talk throughout the tournament from players saying that, you know, the way we've been able to enjoy success so far is we've been able to put our egos to one side and yeah. all the rest of it and so <clears throat>
3: I mean, the, the, the egos popped up a little bit there was a bit of outgrow during the game
4: well I think I think anyone was everyone was to blame in that situation I was
1: actually Cole getting involved Yeah, oh, yeah
4: <laughs> that was amazing that was amazing
3: like someone gets shown a card and yeah. someone's
4: on the bench and you see Ashley there <laughs> face like thunder sent
3: off he wasn't happy right i'm
4: gonna get my air rifle
3: it's funny because he goes <laughs> lovely i'll <how laughs> reference that he, he goes down the tunnel as if to say all right i'll take my medicine and then he looks back as if to say well their man's got to be sent off as well come yeah, on
4: yeah you know. it, the, the great thing about that is that um ashley cole had an incident for those who don't know um about 2010 11 yeah involving an air rifle <laughs> um,
1: chelsea's training ground a, a, 20,
4: a 22 a 22 caliber air rifle it's 2011 <laughs> Um, which he allegedly fired at a student. Mm. Okay. Yeah, we'll have him on the, we'll have him on the youth team games. <laughs> is that
3: what? Is, was Lee Carsley lacking discipline yeah, at this exactly, time? Yeah. We need actually turn yeah. his rifle. <laughs> you know what happens,
4: Ashley? What are you doing you Sunday? You do track
1: back. <laughs> what are you doing Sunday? You are a sitting duck. <laughs> but if you're not moving. He's just taking pot shots from the stand. Do I need to bring
4: my gun? I think you better. <laughs> Fire, according to the Guardian, yeah. On, Reported on the twenty seventh of February two thousand and eleven. Oh yeah. Um, England left back Cole, age thirty, was quote unquote larking about with a yeah. twenty two air rifle when he fired at the work experience student from five feet away mm. at club's uh, just Park, larking about Cobham training ground. It was a kid on work experience. Mm. Get him in the age group to <laughs> set up.
1: Yeah, I was yeah. work experience today. by <laughs> <laughs> I've I've the way to word this actually Cole shot me. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a great trivia
4: question oh, that it? for that kid. The rest of his life yeah. he's now a trivia question. Yeah, that indeed,
3: kid. yeah Well he was sent off and then later on in the game. Morden Gibbs White was sent off with uh, Antonio Blanco. Yeah, uh, that was after Tony the White. Saved. Tony, Tony yeah. White, uh, yeah. if you will. Um, but it, it was a bit of uh, a bit of aggro when when Cole Palmer scored, or was it was it his goal? It was a wicked deflection. Yeah, it's sort of been it's been given to Curtis Jones, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is right the strange. Back. Yeah, right on the back. Um, but it was I a bit of ah, They can both have it, surely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. The, anyway, a lot of aggro. Da, 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 but, but England, though, I mean. Perhaps could have been a goal up before that. You know, it was very early on they, they, they took the game to Spain.
4: And they should have, they should have scored a second late on as well. It's was a very good done, double yeah. save from the Spain keeper as well. That's say.
3: right, yeah. I mean, the game is actually better than it would suggest. But this England this side, it is it is interesting. I mean, a lot of people have been comparing them to say the last time England reached uh, the final of this competition in 2000, why are you laughing?
4: <laughs> no, I thought you were going to say 1984. We'll come on to that in a minute. You carry on. Well, we
3: can talk about 1984 if you want. A team that what? produced Mark Haightley, a fine player. Ah, oh, no. listen, Mark Hately. I thought you get you back on board with that. Couple of things about Mark Hately, if I may. If you may. Couple
4: of things I always like about Mark Hately. AC my man. Um, well, there's obviously that. But he ended his career signing for Ross County, mm-hmm. right up in Dingwall, north yeah. of Inverness, as I'm sure you know Marcus. Yeah, I do, yeah. Despite living in Derby. Yeah. And he only agreed to the move because he was divorcing his wife at the time and desperately wanted to be at the house. (laughs) And he would literally commute from Derby to Dingwall. I think he ended up playing like two games. Yeah. And uh, the other thing I always love about him is he's obviously a legend at Portsmouth because um, he played there, I think, for one season when he signed for Milan, as you said, for a million pounds, which in 83 or whatever it was. The classic route. Yeah, exactly. Well trodden. Mm. Um, But I always loved the way that when he played um, for Rangers... Yeah with Ali McCoy. Ali McCoy. He would always... Re- what a strike partnership, by the way. Well, yeah. he kept
3: a McCoyst on the bench from when it was Haitley and Mo Johnson, I think. He
4: always referred to Ali McCoyst as uh, Alistair.
3: The D, yeah, lies.
4: Yeah, it's great stuff. Anyway, so uh, a the re- skullet.
3: The re- a great
1: skullet. a, a, skulleted <laughs> There's fiend a lot to love as well. I but- am slightly surprised that there seems to be this narrative of World well, War. You know, this generation could produce another Mark Hately. <laughs> I, did, I did not see that. <laughs> Good coming player out. though. <laughs> Good yeah. player.
3: Or
4: Steve but Hodge. Steve Hodge. Well, didn't a bit of trivia for Steve Hodge as well. Uh uh-huh. The only outfield player, I think, to not play a single minute in World Cup '90 for England, right? I think. Mm. I think every other player was used at some point.
3: Anyway. Father of Roy, hence Hodgson. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Hodgson.
4: Yeah, and um, the reason I was laughing, going all the way back um, after that classic ramble, can Um, tangent <laughs> is because. People are saying, um, you know, it's the first big win for this age group team since 1984. Mm. But they also won in 1982 as well, by the way. um, Which, of course, hardly ushered in their long Mm. and golden era for the senior side at international level. So (laughs) I'm not sure there's too much in that comparison is what I'm saying.
3: True enough, yeah. Um, But with 2009, you know, it is interesting to compare it to that lot. Because there's a few names that people would know from that that squad. Um, Joe Hart was in there, didn't play in the final, but he was a part of it. Theo Walcott. Um, yeah, you know the name James Milner they're the, perhaps the, the, the biggest ones and that team didn't really kind of kick on comparing to the German side that, that hammered them in the final 4-0 a lot of those players were playing in the World Cup a year after so and, the, and,
4: yeah the German side featured and that final featured Neuer Hovindes uh, uh, Boateng, Hummels, Kadira Ozil and Schmelzer
3: I mean it's incredible hu- it, it really is incredible and obviously that generation of German talent was quite something and would win the World Cup um, not long after of course just five years after that World Cup uh, after that Euros uh, yeah. under 21s they were world champions for crying out loud so I'm just saying we've not got long um, <laughs> yeah. no, but, but you know it's, and sometimes you know you can look at these sides and so on and you can you can, you can find what you're sort of looking for if you see what I mean how much do we, do we read into it but I, I do think this feels slightly different um, with this England under 21 side um, because last year you know England won the uh, under 19s Euros in 2017 which is not that long ago they won the under under 17s and under 20s uh, age cap world cups you know so it's been pretty decent last and, and uh, consistent of years. as well yeah it has and this is what the fa were, were building towards when they built st george's park you know they talked about the england dna and all this kind of stuff but i would perhaps argue that that, that this side this england under 21 side and Southgate's played his part in it as well, to a degree. Um, obviously, his attention has been the senior side. No, but he, he,
4: he has been important Yeah, in And in he France, was manager he? of
3: all the under-21s previously. Exactly. But but this idea of, sort of the England DNA was to basically try and change what that was. Because for, for years, you know, you remember the FA School of Excellence, which produced some some massive players in terms of England. You know, I'm pretty sure the likes of Rio Ferdinand, Joe Col Gerald, like basically that golden generation, a lot of them went there. And I know they don't have the School of Excellence anymore, but, it, but, but but their style of football, despite their individual quality, and they were phenomenal players, don't get me wrong, uh, won a lot of trophies, blah, blah, blah. But, but there was still that sort of blood, guts and thunder style of English yeah. mentality, which was that's first and foremost what you do. Whereas, of course, we've seen, and Spain and Germany are perhaps the two best examples, Spain in particular, where you can change that. Yeah. You can change it around Spain. England are the great underachievers of international football Spain for a while you could maybe mention them in the same bracket
4: oh, people used to mention them all the time yeah, Fair that to was say, what they were known for wasn't yeah it? Fair to say they put that to bed
1: they have with did. with those
3: three uh successive tournaments. To the wins. point
1: where they've not really done anything in quite well, some time, and everyone's like, Well, no, that was so good though. Yeah, yeah. it's like He's one of those albums you can live off it for exactly, 15 years, right, yeah. <laughs> Very yeah. much so. Whereas England That th- is definitely maybe. What's the story morning <laughs> glory?
3: And and the beast has to be, Um but um but with England, you know, England are the great underachievers. You think about the size of the population, the resources that England has. Yeah, you know, look at St. George's Park, you know, the what the popularity of there. football the strength of the domestic league. Yeah, the history, the blah 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 blah. I, I, absolutely right. Um, and 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 if you look at what has happened in the last as uh, sort of handful of years, you know there has been big wins at, at age cap level. The Lionesses have won the Euros. Really, all that's missing is the senior side winning yeah. that trophy.
4: How much credit? Because I've seen the FA
3: yeah.
4: hoovering up quite a lot of credit in the eighteen hours or whatever it is since um yeah. since. This England under 21 side one. Yeah. But how much of it is actually down to them? Because I think they do deserve in part a bit of
3: credit. Yeah.
4: And they deserve a bit more credit than they usually get for everything else they fuck up. Yes. But when you were mentioning players there back from back in the day, and when you mentioned it when we talk about players now. To me, the overwhelming responsibility for that, those, those players' development mm-hmm. is the clubs. Yeah. I mean, Tony at West Ham's a legend for bringing those kind of players through. How much time are yeah. they realistically spending, uh-huh. particularly these players here, mm-hmm. the kids, you know, Palmer and Howard Bellis and mm-hmm. one or two mm-hmm. others, for example, who are playing are at Man City, yeah. you know, how much are they benefiting from Man City? They're benefiting a lot more from yeah. the academy system at Manchester City mm-hmm. than they are at the FA.
3: They are, but, but, but so, take, so take your man there at West Ham. So he produced a player like Joe Cole. Joe Cole was a brilliant player, but he was often um, said to be. So
4: the finishing school at the FA was wrong, and it wasn't good, and now it's better. Yeah, is well, what we're but you don't like have a finishing it, school, though, isn't it?
3: It, it? it it is sort of yeah. Again, like that FA school of excellence is a bit different. You know, we don't mm. have like a Claire Fontaine here, but what they do try and do is get the players at St George's Park. Everyone is in the same, and it's a beautiful place, and it's they've done a great job with it. Everyone's here, right? This is where we teach you the as i say that that sort of dna but not just that the importance the value of it i go back to the 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 kiwi chap who you interviewed jim from I mean, eastwood yes yeah, indeed yeah and all that that sort of vibe about england you look at the players in this in this side the scenes of celebration the way that they took i mean the, the the captain of the side taylor um harwood bellis uh, said you know we've been talking about the 1984 final a lot and we felt it was our time to mm. do it why on earth are these young lads talking about a final that happened in nineteen eighty four? I don't even remember. Because this they're is.
4: being educated in this tradition,
1: exactly. Right?
3: Yeah, yeah. This, exactly. This is the
1: culture that you know Southgate is has instilled, does not he? And that again, it comes a lot of that comes from Owen Eastwood's um, kind of philosophy as well. This idea of leaving the shirt in a better place, and you found it, and that you know this time right now is is the moment in which the light shines on you in this yes. long line of players. Totally. All of the England players knew um, which which number England player they mm-hmm. were you know, going into various tournaments. They they know that now. They really really think about this culture and the fact that. That it's joined up like this is really good. I think yeah. I, I agree with your point about the um, the the academies at, at clubs, Luke. But I think you you could also say that about La Masia with the, that Spain squad that we were talking about before. Yeah. You know, yeah. with the Barcelona oh, and Real Madrid academies. And yeah, I think Pep that, got, is, just a, that is just a is the fact of it, it? But they have to work,
4: they have to work hand in glove. They have to.
1: You're but okay. I've, I've, I sense that they are doing that now in a way well, that, that they perhaps weren't before. That
4: that will that may well be the case, and I'm not saying it isn't the case. Uh, and I'm not looking to undercut the achievement that um, this age group. Players, a group of players did at the weekend what I'm saying is you know ultimately we won't know we won't be really to assess it mm-hmm. unless it does or it doesn't graduate eventually to senior yeah. group level mm-hmm. and it never has in the past
1: mm. and yeah. actually and we're
4: going back quite a long time
1: Southgate himself did say recently he was a little concerned about how the squad's really good now but there's a they worry they're lacking a little bit in what's coming up behind that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is an emphatic response yep. to that. And, and
4: all... Sorry, Marcus, Southgate's always been quite good at promoting players from that as well. Mm. And and I think I would also just say, a slightly adjacent point, but I think a relevant one is the academy system. You know, you've got a lot to credit it. Um, it obviously, you know, these clubs at the top of the Premier League are amazing at developing players, clearly. the The two kind of critical elements of it. One is that they, the players become kind of like hothouse flowers in a way mm. and, they, and they don't really have the exposure a lot of the time to tough, competitive, high stakes kind of professional football um, because they're always kind of coddled in the academy system. And and the second thing is that, you know, when they go through the academy and they're obviously really talented um, players that are full of potential there's occasionally a barrier to them actually getting first team football so for every Phil Foden which people were crying out for he mm-hmm. should be playing more and more for Man City and now of course is a key part of the squad mm-hmm. and he's eventually got there there's probably about seven or eight of those mm-hmm. who aren't quite as good who never get to that level we'll, we'll see
3: with Palmer see what mm-hmm. he does
4: quite and so um I remember someone saying it might have been in that in that Michael Calvin book who talks about young players in one of his books I forget which one it is now um, the 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 guy who's running things at Liverpool or something says, um, oh, they use Raheem Sterling as an example. Who of course came through at QPR and, mm-hmm. and and West London and goes up to Liverpool. They say that you don't have to worry about a Raheem Sterling. He's mm-hmm. always going to mm-hmm. do something because he's so good. Mm-hmm. It's the players that maybe are slightly worse. Mm-hmm that are good enough to play professional football, are they being stymied? Are they being blocked from playing somewhere because mm-hmm. his academy system can have pros and cons to it? So you see a player like Tyler harbor best really highly rated, captain of the under-21s, clearly yep. a leader, yep. amazing um, tournament, et cetera, et cetera. Where's he going to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if the answer is, the answer is <clears throat> never to Man City's first team because they're just going to keep signing centre-backs, yeah. then... What, what do we do with that? Well,
3: indeed. But I think now, you know, slightly ironically with, with you know, England, um, certainly at government level and, and, and parts becoming a more narrow-minded little Englander nation, actually, that's not all the case with the country and people in this country because you now see young footballers with broader horizons and saying, well, I might go to particularly In yeah. particular, the Bundesliga. And what England's aim is here um, at international level is to be a bit like France. What France have done? French players—they play all over the place. Partly because League One is not as as big and it doesn't have as much money as the Premier League, but but they produce players at that you know at a ridiculous level. I mean, it's mm. it is like they've got a factory of, of young footballing talent. It is incredible. Well, That
1: is essentially what Claire Fontaine is supposed to be, though. Sure, isn't it? and you know, in terms of Saint George's Park, yes.
3: and in our lifetime, they've been to four World Cup finals. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, going back to ninety-eight, but. You look at France, they're always the favourites now in tournaments. They they have, a, a, you know, they're, they're one of the biggest um, and best international nations who produce players at an extraordinary level, an extraordinary rate. England have got the tools to be like that. I remember Gerard Houllier sort of saying this in an interview once when he was showing somebody around Clairefontaine and so on. And he's been a big part of the development of, of French football uh, in recent years. And uh, and he sort of said, "Oh yeah, well England could do this. Like it, this is achievable for mm. England. It would take an awful lot. It would take the, everyone moving in the same direction. A lot of money. Blah 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 blah." Um, and then he sort of winked and smiled. Went, "Yeah, but they probably won't, though." Yeah. Well, I, this gives me a tiny bit of hope, to be honest. Look at England now going into tournaments. You don't yeah. think, "Oh, we're going to be embarrassed by Iceland again, or we're going to be this, that, and the other." And I think I think these these players get that. There is that sense of history. There's that sense of. Uh, a, a purpose and, and whatnot. not well, congratulations
4: and to them and their win as well. Most importantly, yeah, yeah, and we should take
3: congratulations to Lee Carsley. Yes. yes, tell you what, absolutely. You know, Republic of Ireland's Lee Carsley. he <laughs> Or Birmingham's Lee Carsley. He'll,
4: he'll have his um, pick of the jobs. Yeah, to, to up to a very defined level. <laughs> <laughs> ah! and above that, he won't get a look in.
3: Well, if he doesn't want the England job, maybe he's the perfect man to take over from Southgate oh, when indeed. he steps down. <laughs>
4: well, the thing is, there is talk that because um, <laughs> I think his contract's being discussed at the moment, Carsley. He's had offers elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but that would be the natural thing to do. I've, I've often said that, you mm. know, and we've said on this show, it's great to have Southgate, but after the last tournament, there was talk that he may not stay. Yeah. Mm. And if he doesn't stay, do you trust the FA to make the right appointment next? And the answer to that is probably no. no. Yeah. And so there should be someone coming up behind him, and it won't be Steve Holland. Mm. So we do need to know, really, who it's going to be. And if this is, a good, this is a good addition to Lee Carsley's CV, yeah. but I suspect by the time it comes up... Um, he might have moved on to other pastures. He
3: might well have done. He might yeah. well have done. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing um, uh, uh, James Trafford, though, playing in the Premier League next season. Absolutely. Signed big money for Burnley. Good signing. Good signing. From what I've seen
4: of him, which is based exclusively this tournament, Yeah, uh, it looks good. Obviously, not short of confidence either. Indeed, Mm.
3: yeah. 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 Um, uh, Staying with uh, with international football, uh, if you will, have you seen that the president of uh, Brazil FA has confirmed that Carlo Ancelotti will take over as Brazil coach for the Copper America in the US next summer? Can you think of anything more marvelous than
1: that, Jim Campbell? Yeah, I can't. Although
3: there's there's a bit of opposition to this in Brazil uh,
1: because sodom. I know that... Well, <laughs> what do they know? Well, they know that he's going to be the manager of Real Madrid up until about three weeks before the tournament. That's what they know. Yeah. <laughs> so that's not really yeah, ideal, is it? Carlo
4: just Carlo's reputation is that he just goes into the dressing room Flashes the old medal around, does an eyebrow, whispers into someone's ear yeah. and they win and they win. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. basically how he true. does it. It's not, it's it's not like true. Guardiola and he's like 18 months to get through all the spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah.
3: It's just not a problem. It's going
1: to be magnificently incongruous, isn't it, seeing Carlo Ancelotti <laughs> in the Brazil dugout. <laughs> it it's going to be so great.
3: I know. I I just... But I mean, what a job. Yeah. And what a man. he. I mean, Ancelotti is absolute box office, is. isn't he? In, in, in a really refined, cultured... Glorious way, and for Brazil, who have not had a good time really since the 2002 World Cup, there's been a Copa America, uh, one or two Copa America wins in there. I understand, but the World Cup is obviously what they're after. Um, it's and and they've, they haven't even reached a semi final of a World is, Cup. Is he going to? I'm sorry, they have. Sorry, when they hosted, of course. But uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying yeah. to forget yeah. that. For that always doesn't count.
4: But if if it goes well for him, is a ch- talk? He's going to stay.
3: Well, surely, surely. It, 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 because yeah. if you
4: are going to, if you are going to be a, a manager of the reputation of Ancelotti, one of the world's best managers, could still now have his pick of the jobs. Yeah, and you're going to go to Brazil. I think you'd want to, you'd want to be there for a World Cup. I mean, it's dif- it's, oh, it's a definitive Brazilian experience. Yeah. Indeed,
3: right? it is. Indeed, it is. So yeah, I think I think it's a wonderful um, thing that we're going to very much enjoy. One uh,
4: of the most underrated things about Ancelotti is that. um I was reading this when I knew we were going to be talking about him. Go on. Um, His autobiography is called um, Preferisco la Coppa, which is I prefer the cup. But in Italy, it's a (laughs) a word play (laughs) on the Italian word coppa, which stands for cup, and also a type of cured cold pork meat cut, which is produced in his own native region. Wow. It's a a lovely little thing. He's a
3: refined man. He's
4: basically saying, I prefer to win cups, but I also prefer to eat a lot of cold cuts.
3: Well, I... I'm, all, I'm well, on board. We can board. all do that. I, I, as if yeah. I couldn't be on board even more. <laughs> yeah. Even more. Um, yeah. have, have you seen, by the way, that uh, one of um, uh, his uh, soon-to-be players, you would think uh, Richarlison, if he's still uh, going to be called up, uh, revealed this week that former Spurs manager Antonio Conte shouted at him for around two hours in a yeah. team meeting last Around season. two hours, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you know what he was saying? This is on behalf of the fans. <laughs> they haven't got the opportunity to do this, so I'm doing it for them. I love the fact... How long did he shout at you? Because it, it was like 10, 15. Like a, not enough was, is it it was ages you yeah. think it's not enough about two hours it's like,
1: not enough I, I imagine it was actually about four minutes but if Conte <laughs> is shouting at you it's like it, a black a hole time probably slows down quite significantly
4: you're on the event horizon of an Antonio Conte <laughs> bollocking for like 14,000 years
1: apparently <laughs> yeah. afterwards the, like they, the players were saying yeah don't don't do anything like that again, because yeah. we we we've been here for hours now. Watching tear yeah. strips off of you, because yeah. it was to do with that interview, wasn't it? That where yes. he where he said he um he was hoping to play more and he wanted to play more and he needed to play more, etc., etc., etc. I cannot believe anyone has the balls to say that when you know you've then got to confront Conte. But it's fun, It's funny when, knows.
4: but it's funny, isn't it? Because when you hear when we used to talk about Conte when he was say at Juventus or at yeah. Chelsea yeah. and he would do this kind of stuff, you think, God, he's a th- high standards demanding yes. guy. At Spurs, it just seems a little bit kind of. It just seems a little bit pathetic.
1: So like he's <laughs> flailing around because he's not going well. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? So he's, probably, so he's falling back on what he knows.
4: If you're not winning and things aren't going well and you spend two hours digging out a player in front of everyone, does it look that impressive? It doesn't. It looks like you're, you're uh, running yeah. out of ideas. There recently. are
1: only so many hours in a week as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> you just waste two of them on shouting at a man. Yeah. Yeah, true enough.
3: Um, will uh, Richarlison still be a teammate of Harry Kane? Soon oh, enough, high stakes
4: in this studio. Maybe, maybe yeah.
3: Richardson will leave. Market it's high stakes. <laughs> Marcus, it's high stakes. Well, well, apparently Bayern have submitted a second offer for Kane eighty million euros. Charlie's on the case. Charlie's on the case. I don't think Charlie's on the case anymore. No.
4: Charlie's been sent to a different airport. <laughs> probably. You absolutely sure you're considering a move to uh to Nice? Yeah, yeah.
3: I'll be here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, Munich, eighteen sixty. Oh dear! Uh, but, but if it, he does go, well,
4: will be egg on my face, won't it?
3: I, don't, I mean, look. You probably won't mention it, will you? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> You'll try and control the narrative and I won't let you. Yeah, I'll
4: probably just deflect onto Andy. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, he hasn't even turned up today, so I'm worried about that. I know, exactly. Yeah. So we shall see what happens of that. If but if
4: it comes down to whether, for those who haven't heard that show, where Marcus and I were talking to you, I don't think you were in the studio at the time, or were you?
1: I think I was, Oh, You yeah. were. Um, you the, said that you don't think Kane wants the lead.
4: I, I don't think he wants it enough. I don't mm. think he wants it enough. And um, obviously, Bayern are testing his resolve. And obviously, Spurs, in this situation, given that he's going to be out of contract, would probably take a big offer, right? And I don't think he would... I think
3: you've got it wrong again. I think think Kane is up for leaving. It's testing Levy's resolve. Mm. That's what it is. Mm. If I was a Spurs fan, if I'm honest, I would probably want that them to take that deal because I think Kane genuinely wants to leave. And
4: I think I also think I know it's a crazy thing to say because of how good he is and how good he was last season in terms yeah. of goal scoring. It's also been a, such a distraction. Yeah, and you you might even better move on. But the only problem is oh, you seen where Big Ange has been this summer? He's been everywhere.
3: Big Ange Ang has been at the
4: Ashes. Of course he has. That's obvious. He was,
3: at, obvious. He was at Wimbledon. That's why he took the job. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he was at Wimbledon as well. Yeah, good man. If I was a Spurs fan, I'd be saying do some fucking mm. work. Ah, well, no, a bit of time down. You know, no,
4: he's just started.
3: Wow. Well, <laughs> if I was Get if in the I office. was Daniel <laughs> Levy.
1: I would get like a fake moustache yeah. and, a, and a hat a uh-huh. pair of sort of comedy glasses as well yeah. I would ask for Harry Kane's autograph I would get that autograph and then I would write a new contract around it <laughs> yeah. I think that's the smartest thing they can that's do that's legally sound yeah, yeah yeah absolutely
4: be you would need that. to do that, that stuff. <laughs> don't worry about the moustache and the disguise don't need to do any of that stuff
3: oh dear right yeah. let's go for a quick break
1: in the area, still within on the right side, stepping over, sending it back for Lindsay. Lindsay sends it back into the area for Sviderski, one touch, he scores! Another one for Sviderski!
3: And that one was more impressive than the first! My goodness, uh, golden balls there. Mickey Mouse. That was uh, commentary of Carol uh, Sviderski's goal for, for Charlotte FC In Major League Soccer last week.
4: (laughs) Why did they turn to Mickey Mouse? I don't know.
3: It's the weirdest thing. I think maybe uh, someone thought, like in excitement, thought they'd grabbed his thigh. Okay, and they'd grabbed his what, like t- the, the testes ca- instead. The Carragher right. Henri thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, give a bit of that. And he, but he, but it being that the consummate professional that <laughs> he just is, carried on, <laughs> carried on, didn't show this. any pain, but he did show signs of it happening. That's my theory, Jim. Yeah, it's, it's sound.
4: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got an email here from Kayo Suarez, our Ooh. friend Ko. Thanks for emailing in to you, sir. Uh, he says, "Hi, gang. Long time listener, first time emailer directly from Sao Paulo." Whoa! Ooh. So I couldn't stop laughing at Jim's rendezvous with the naughty brazilian at the gym on a recent episode that's not as sexy yeah, as that was about that. To sounds, sounds, yeah. yeah it sounds very um,
1: different from what actually happened <laughs> yeah,
4: for a bit of context jim explained <laughs> that he was wearing a fluminense shirt when a brazilian man walked up to him and gave him the loser sign in his direction
1: yeah so what what the full story of that is that he um he got my attention by like sort of pulling his shirt to indicate mine um, and then I thought, oh, he's a Fluminense fan. That's cool. And then he made the loser sign and, and we sort of both laughed and he walked off. But it turns out yes, um, well, that I, is, I misunderstood that. Yeah,
4: K.O. says, as a fellow countryman, I feel obliged to explain what the loser sign actually means. The sign is famously done by the Argentine and Fluminense striker uh, Germán Cano, who does the L when celebrating his many goals in homage to his son, Lorenzo. Nothing to do with losers or even Brazilian President Lula. Uh, love the show. Best K.O. Suarez. So, That's great. It's, so, I mean, the, the lesson for you there is that you yeah. probably want to bone up a bit no. Before you rock a obscure shirt, because you might get yourself <laughs> in another social situation. In,
1: yeah, I could get in trouble. But you've got a Gremio shirt as well. If he, if he sees me again, he's going What yeah. the hell is? What's wrong with this guy? You just grab your nuts Make a decision. Whatever.
3: I'm not sure it is isn't it? because a lot of people
1: do that sign to you, Jim. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, that was it. But they tend to have met me first, and that yeah, was what right, um, Okay. Was what yeah. threw me a bit? But they've
4: yeah. all got a son called Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just a coincidence. <laughs> Oh, dear, oh, yeah. dear. Good to
4: know. Thanks to Kayo for emailing yeah, thank in. Thank you, in. And solving of course, that mystery. If you want to email in um, with more of that kind of stuff, it's show at footballramble.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, Particularly definitely. in the off-season, please do email.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Please clear up um, Jim's conundrums. Yeah. There we are. Gentlemen to Manchester United. Um, it's not what David De Gea is doing. He's going from Manchester United to somewhere else. Uh, on Saturday, De Gea officially announced that he was leaving the club, saying it's the right time to undertake a new challenge. He was at Old Trafford for 12 years, made 545 appearances, won a fair few trophies as well. Uh, Bruno Finanche posted in tribute to De Gea saying, you deserve to say goodbye at the stadium with all the fans cheering you. Um, obviously a bit difficult if he's going in the summer, but it's quite a Sad ending. It has been a sad ending, and
1: it's been really messy. We all heard about the contract offer and how they took that off the table, and then said, "Oh, actually, we want to pay you significantly less than Mm -hmm. the pay cut we were already expecting you to take." And it um, is—it's really unfortunate that it's happened in this way, and it's—it's. Little bit out of character from Ten Hag, isn't it? Actually, he's, he's tend, tended to be quite good at this sort of stuff, and and, and essentially making the place a bit more grown up than, than mm. perhaps it's been in the last decade or so. Yeah, but and, it's
3: been, it's in character for Manchester United. Well, indeed, yeah, it's not yeah, maybe that's Ten Ten Hag's it. Maybe, fault, maybe it's not Ten
1: Hag's it? fault. Yeah, I do think at the same time they do need to move on from De Gea. Um, they are because essentially the the, the way the goalkeeping pe- goalkeeping position has changed so much in mm-hmm. recent years. They have been at a bit of a disadvantage by not having a goalkeeper that can sort of play out with his feet, um, as, as so many of their direct rivals do. So, Anano is Andre Anano is obviously who they're chasing, and I I think he's an upgrade at this oh, point, and it it, yeah. it it has set them back.
3: Yeah, I, I feel I think with De Gea, um, he's thirty two now, and. He's won the Premier League. It yeah. was a little while ago, of course, and
1: that's not to diminish his, you know, legacy there at all. He's oh, of been fantastic. Uh,
4: he, he, we well, he he, he, may not have themselves have a, almost attempted to diminish his legacy by forgetting well, yeah. well exactly, and, yeah. and, that,
3: and that's piss poor. Which is which is why you know one should remember. You know that that any other era, he joins Manchester United. You know he'll he'll have won even more trophies. He 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 joined them. You know towards the end of Ferguson's reign, and then it became a little bit of a madhouse, like it still is by their own um, standards. But you know he has won trophies there. And and has been a big part of of every success they've had in in the time and, that and, he's been
4: there. And and I think there's more than that to more to it than that as well. Because although Jim's right about the t- style of football that Ten Hag wants to play, and I would just add to that also that he obviously De Gea does make high profile mistakes. Yes, some would say it's difficult to make low profile mistakes when you're the main United goalkeeper, and yeah. I understand that. But nevertheless, he does make mistakes. The issue to me is that you know the way they've handled this, this contract with, for less money and then the contract being withdrawn and then him leaving almost under a cloud in the middle of summer, mm-hmm. I think is actually a little bit cheap. I think it's, I it's a shame for a club of that kind of profile given that De Gea, when United were in that awful state by their own standards and that post-Ferguson situation yeah, yeah. where De Gea was basically, what did he pick up? Four... Player of the Year awards in yep. five seasons yeah, he was like yeah. the only beacon of hope really uh-huh. making these amazing saves banging them out time yeah. and time again well, he could have played, played for a bigger
3: club and a better club back then
4: I think he, I think it was an opportunity for him to move on then quite yeah, he possibly did yeah so,
3: you know, look, he's he, been pretty loyal to them I'd say I think it's not too much to say he's a bit of a legend there I, I mean, think the so. amount
4: of appearances he's made yeah. and, and the amount of time he was there um, so it's a shame that he's not been given the um, send off that his, his long service. I mean, he deserves. should get a
3: testimonial there. He's been longer than ten years. Yeah. So he should get a, a, a proper. But, but, they're, like but they're
4: not like. They, I know what you mean. They're not, they're not. They're not as impactful as they used to be because nah, that used to be sure. raising money for the player in their retirement and all the rest yeah. of it. Now all the money just goes to charity, which is obviously an important thing. But there's never a, doesn't seem to be as much of a priority. But I, th-
3: I think that, that I think for for a player of that long standing, I think that should be the case. I mean, to at home the point about De Gea's quality. Back in those days, you know, he very nearly moved to Real Madrid. I think it was only like a a broken fax machine or something that, yeah. that, that didn't, you know, um, that, that made sure he didn't go. That
4: was a really long time ago,
3: though. Uh, 2015. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but I mean, either or, you know, he's been he's been a great player for for Manchester United. Um, and at 32. I mean, would you begrudge him a move to Saudi Arabia? <laughs> <laughs>
4: As you well know, I begrudge everyone a move. There I all tell the you time.
3: what, but, but De Gea though, I, I do sometimes like it when a player moves from an elite-level club. Now, I know they've not been playing like one on the field, but they are an elite-level club, Manchester United. And they go to a club which is not as big as them, but still a big club. They go there. I don't know they win a, a domestic cup trophy or maybe even the Europa League. I know he's already won the Europa League uh, before De Gea. But you know what I mean? And they have a good time and they're, and they're valued because De Gea is still a big name. I know he's not in the international fold anymore at Spain, but he's still a big name. And so he could go to... I've mentioned the Europa League, a severe something like so that. No or one's going to
4: pay him anywhere near what
3: he's getting paid for. Well, he's now. clearly up for yeah. a pay cut, though.
4: Well, of course he is, but what I'm saying is yeah. a pay cut. We, we talked about this last another week, pro- All oh, right, I
3: found another Premier League side. A pay
4: cut for him at United would still involve him making a lot of money. But I, yeah. just,
3: I think another Premier League side. I don't. I'm, I, I can't think you of one. He might have something. an
4: affinity with United, though. He might not want to do that.
3: But, um, they, but he's a legend at the club, definitely, yeah. and I hope he gets a, a, some sort of send-off and, and, and whatnot. We, we shall see. Um, but Andre Anana would be... An upgrade from De Gea, especially in this day and age, and presumably
4: that's going to cost a pretty penny as well. Because um, he's so. only he only signed for Inter mm. really recently, and he mm. I think he's got four years left in this deal.
3: Yeah, when you talk about um, you know playing with your feet I mean do remember that Anana left the Cameroon squad at the World Cup because the coach wanted him to kick it long <laughs> so um, you know an interesting character yeah, yeah. who uh, we? I would like to see him in, in the Premier League but it's not a given that he might be the number one because Tom Heaton's still there and he will be in goal for their opening pre-season game against Leeds on Wednesday that's one for you yeah. Happy with that? It's up for grabs now.
4: How old, is, how old is he now? 37, 38, something like
3: that? Yeah, he's loads of experience. <laughs> more experience than this uh, an Arlen. Well, he
4: hasn't got experience because he doesn't actually play. <laughs> <laughs> experience of you. what?
3: The Premier League.
4: Okay,
0: fine. Well, which case, a
3: lot of it. <laughs> in which case, I've got 20 plus years of Premier League experience. You're being silly now. Yeah. Um, how about this, Luke? This is a bit more in your wheelhouse. Reports saying that Harry Maguire is set to lose the armband. For Manchester United this week, other reports say he's on his way out of the club along with Scott McTominay and Jadon Sancho. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. The Sancho one I find intriguing. Yeah, I, I remember at the time when he signed for all that money, which was an enormous fee. He was playing brilliantly for Dortmund in a particular system with a particular fullback behind him doing a lot of work. And when he signed for Manchester United, people in this studio, even Andy Brassel, was probably one of them saying, "Not sure if this is the best move." You understand it? It's a huge Premier League side. Extra money in the in his pocket, blah 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 blah, but it has not worked out for Sancho, and it's a great shame because he was one of the hottest properties mm. in Europe. It needs football, a reset. It needs
4: ago. a reset, and if it's not going to be as part of um, Ten Hag United, he can go somewhere else and refine his form. I mean, it's not the end of the world for him. Mm. Um, he won't be the first really good player whose move hasn't worked out. But if 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 Manchester United are serious about moving through the gears and becoming you know this this club they want to be again on the pitch, they have to move past players like Harry Maguire. Forget my points aside, mm. you know it's clear.
3: Yeah, but they already have moved past Maguire. He doesn't start.
4: That's the thing. So yeah. what I find confusing is why Maguire isn't forcing himself a move as soon as possible, yeah. given that mm-hmm. Luke Shaw was being picked ahead of him last season, yep. and Luke Shaw's not even a centre back. Yeah. So you know the, the writing is on the wall. Mm. If he gets to that point, you know. You you want to be playing football? You want to be moving. Maguire's not a spring chicken anymore. Well, he's, no.
3: he's fighting for his place, and that's to be admired. <laughs> but also,
1: I, I think if you if you've you know he's fighting a lot in spring season. If you're fighting for place <laughs> in the <laughs> summer, by
4: what I've based on what I've read. If you, ch- in Greece.
1: If you want to challenge for for the league title and, and indeed in Europe, though, at this point, every squad position is Mm -hmm. key isn't it Mm -hmm. every single member has to be sort of essentially adding more so I don't think the idea of him being moved out the first team actually matters that much as a general
4: point I totally agree but there is no way on earth Ten Hag is picking Harry Maguire in a key game towards the end of the season, unless there's some kind of selection crisis. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that tells its own story.
1: Well, I, I, indeed, and that, that's kind of what I mean. You you, mm. you need your squad to be robust, right? And it, you need to be ready for an injury crisis or, or whatever sort of crisis because the competition is just, is just so strong. Yeah. It'll be an
3: upgrade on Rob Holding. It,
4: <laughs> Maguire, Maguire needs to do three appearances off the bench for Burnley this season to get be assured of his starting place for England.
3: Mm-hmm. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> You know, That's right. all it takes. <laughs> um, Bruno Fernandes is likely to replace him as captain. Yeah, I can I, see why. I thought he was already the captain. Too yeah, big. exactly. Well, he uh, certainly did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, even when Ronaldo was there. Yeah, um, Blimey, that seems a while ago. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting uh, with Manchester United. We shall see uh, what happens uh, there. Keep your eyes on them. Keep your eyes on them. Uh, what about... Uh, let's go abroad for a moment. Um, Barcelona. Uh, yes, a side who are shit when it comes to mathematics. Mm. Um, they don't understand that the more you spend... <laughs> what an insult. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well... <laughs> Can see that one ringing out on the terraces?
3: What you Barcelona and, and Real Madrid are a bit the same, but they are often uh, given a helping hand. It's like it's like you've got to balance the books. That's what it's, they call it. Do you like another helping
4: hand? yeah please, I'm just calling up for another helping well, hand.
3: We know what they like with their transfers. You know, like, right, we haven't got any money left. Okay, <laughs> who can we sign? No, you're not getting this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
4: Okay, so we're only doing 14 signings. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the usual 20 He's 120, million. we'll give you 125 million. No, again, <laughs> you really don't understand how this works.
4: Well, thought, Oh, the bank statement, I thought that was just a guide. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I thought that was for another generation to worry about. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's give a bit of credit where credit's due, uh, Jim, because they've shown an ingenious way of raising funds uh, for more transfers, because we know they love mm. the transfers, don't They've they? They've pulled a lever, haven't they? They've pulled another lever. They keep finding new levers, a a Dan- dusty new lever. A Daniel Lever. Um, <laughs> in their latest venture, they are selling diamonds made from the Camp New Grass. They are, and
1: they're using the same company who turned Pele's hair into diamonds all those years ago. Jim,
3: I thought to myself, I wonder what happened
1: to them? Surely,
3: yeah. Well, they, they clearly they specialise in
1: one thing. That went, that went well, and it's yeah. diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do, diamonds? Yeah, we we can turn anything into diamonds, <laughs> and we, yeah.
3: we don't. You don't really hear from us that much. Well, I tell you what, if that was on Dragons Den, Gary Neville would snap it up,
4: wouldn't he? Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And 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 not only that, mm. but the um the club are planning. This is the thing I don't get about it, what? and I've read it. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, it was on the Daily Mail, but I read it. <laughs> (laughs) Um, they plan to net apparently 25 million pounds a year from this.
1: A year, (laughs) yeah. Oh, (laughs) who's doing the accounting? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
3: what are Are the club buying them? I
1: don't understand. Yeah,
4: I I mean, I don't don't understand how that's possible given that they say in the same article that each carrot diamond is going to sell for 12,000 pounds, right? Mm, mm. So they'd need to sell. You do the uh, math, I'm doing the math right now, do the
3: mathematics.
4: They need to sell two thousand of these uh, every year right for them to make twenty five million and that's obviously not including the costs and all the rest of it, uh-huh. so to me, this seems like yet another chapter yes in the uh, in the quite troubling yeah. financial accounts of Vessi Barcelona
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but what's happened here is that they're trying to sign a player and you don't have the cash, yes, we do, and here's how we've got the cash yeah what, you, and they're already turned our
1: pitch into diamonds yeah', we're yeah. Already... That's,
3: that's absurd
4: yeah' it's, that's... Like, it's like that advert, the imperial lever advert. Two tickets, that thing you like. Look away,
3: look back to me. That's Old Spice, bruv. Oh, yeah. What did yeah, they yeah, say? Yeah, yeah. Imperial leather. Same
4: thing. <laughs> uh, the tickets are now diamonds. The pitch is now diamonds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. To be fair, though, if that guy was talking to you, would be like, well, yeah, I'll buy yeah. whatever you're selling.
4: Yeah. The bad news is they've given all the diamonds to Neymar.
3: Yeah. And the bad <laughs> news is 25 million doesn't really get you anywhere near the type of player that they no. want. No. I mean, that's that, that, that will go to Neymar's dad. <laughs> you know, if you want back. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so yeah, oh, Barcelona n- never change. Um, gentlemen, let's come home. Let's come home. And uh, and I, I want to thank uh, the hordes of listeners who tagged us in uh, this uh, last week. Paddy Kenny revealed that uh, Neil Warnock once gave a fourteen-year-old boy a 20 minute cameo during a pre-season friendly in Cornwall to pay his dad who decorated his house I love the way that Warnock approaches football yeah Just that's like, how oh, you oh. do maths Jim if you if you want to save a few quid here and there you let the the, 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 the man's boy get 14 minutes in yeah. a cameo
1: they should be calling Warnock up really shouldn't they, they
3: should. Barcelona well I've said it before and I'll say it again but then
4: oh if know. his name was Warnocchio, yeah, he'd have the job wouldn't
3: he yeah I just this is like it's, was,
4: it's immensely disrespectful to the professional <laughs> players you're expecting to work hard for you
3: isn't it you're a young player you've worked really hard pre really hard you've, you've <laughs> cut out sugar in your diet you're getting up early Get rid of the ketchup
1: you're doing hours your <laughs> in the gym every yeah, day exactly. exactly. right, right, pre-seasons pre- pre- my chance you're putting pre- your, pre-
4: your Felix Maggat fitness DVD on every morning
3: you're rubbing cheese on your legs <laughs> You've, you're there and you're thinking pre-season's my chance to try and show the gaffer what. What else have I got and, to do to Wardour get in? And Wardock
4: comes in and goes, "Playing a young I'll, player I'll, today." And comes and goes, Good news for the youngsters. One of you's getting the nod today, and this little kid walks in, <laughs> yeah. covered in paint.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Oi, can you give him his, your shin pads? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> shocking yeah. behaviour.
4: Please don't be a forward. Please. Don't, oh, he's a fucking forward.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's not going to be a centre half, is he? He's not on penalties, is he? Imagine that. Wardock put him right in the centre of the pitch. <laughs> yeah. Get stuck in some. Yeah. I want you. I want you competing for every ball.
4: Yeah.
3: That oh, kid now, when he tells that
1: story, no one's believing that. Yeah. He, that, he's probably known as the town Jim, liar. Because of that kid now is Cole reason. Palmer.
4: It's Harry Kane.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Let us end everybody uh, with some uh, IChem Global Awards chat. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. It was announced last week that the 2023 IChem Global Awards, widely widely recognised as the world's most prestigious chemical engineering awards, uh, will be hosted by Kevin Keegan.
4: <laughs> <laughs> fin- In- finally, Kevin, will the atom split?
3: <laughs> no. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, where did I put my drink? Is it that tube? <laughs>
4: yeah oh dear so, someone knocked the do not drink sign
1: off <laughs> now everyone's dead oh dear you laugh but yeah. he's getting more and more more of these he's he clearly it. getting a taste for it he's getting good at it uh, might we well see him it. do the
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is this skull that's and... the meat management award you taste that <laughs> what, is it? what is this skull and crossbones what tastes like
4: <laughs> from now on I only want to do awards where I can eat this stuff <laughs> He's done the Freight Association, he's done the Meat Management Awards, now the iChem Global Awards, and uh, the most, as Marcus says, the most prestigious uh, Chemical Engineering Awards. What I would say is entry yeah. um, for an award at this particular award is free of charge. Take note the British Podcast Awards. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because uh, they like, they like yeah. to bankrupt people. Um, not not E Global. They're, they're, yeah. they're, they're for yeah, the people. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, might we see Keggy make the move into TV? I Oh. That'd be good. I BAFTAs don't...
4: Give him Bafters. Uh, yeah, give, give him Bafters to the end of the season.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the Bafters.
4: Would you give him Bafters?
3: Yeah. I'll, I'll give him them all. Yeah. yeah. Brit Awards would be the one. Yeah.
1: Sports personality of the year? That's really boring. No, I've, been th- uh... I've been
4: thumped by Liam Gallagher.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is how you would make the Brit Awards relevant again. Yeah. <laughs> just put Keggy in there and just see what happens.
4: I haven't said anything. <laughs> I've been punched by both the Gallagher's. <laughs> They were trying to get to each other. <laughs> I've given them a have given the lifetime achievement award to Rolf Harris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. I mean, what well on keggy? <laughs> I like that he's doing this. Yeah, yeah I, I do. like this is now he's basically now his job, isn't it? Essentially, a lot the of after old... dinner
3: circuit but with a uh, yeah. bit more kind of yeah, know, a bit pizzazz. More jeopardy,
4: bit more jeopardy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh dear. Do you think Let's he stop. says do you think he said to the ICME at Global Awards after? It was a bit disappointing. Why can't you be more like the meat management? <laughs> oh, you're happy with that, aren't you? Very, Very happy. happy. Yes. Very happy. Oh, dearie me! Tomorrow, Dot and Andy are bringing you the latest OTC transfer special, slightly
4: different flavour.
3: <laughs> oh dear! Featuring some much-needed chat about the Saudi Pro League and how it's shaping the market. Yes. All right. Yeah. There we are. Thanks for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network. Follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube at Football Ramble. And don't forget to subscribe on your podcast app. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you. Thank you, Jim Campbell.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style
3: game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,
1: Thank you and well done for holding it together. Well, I, know, I can well, hear you he struggling. He did, did
4: he? Yeah. <laughs> well, for holding it together. What do what you mean by that? It's well done for laughing endlessly for the last four minutes.
3: And <laughs> well done to Kevin Keegan. See you soon. And the winner is.
0: <clears throat> the Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.